You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking reading speeds. Are you a fast or slow reader? Does it matter? What are the benefits to both? Uh, But first... What are you reading, Bria? I finished a book that I really enjoyed by an author I like. Um, Everyone on this show knows I really like Cassandra Rose Clark, uh, who wrote a Mm -hmm. book called Forget This Ever Happened that I'm a big fan of. But um, I also read her other book, or another one of her books, um, called The Mad Scientist's Daughter, um, which came out a few years ago, at 2013. And it is about a young girl, and her dad is a scientist, um, and she's given a tutor, and this is set sometime in the future, and he is an android. And he teaches her and is a really great tutor, but as she gets older, she starts to realize that maybe she's in love with this android. And, yo, there's some steamy scenes in this book. <laughs> I was surprised. Is it like Bicentennial Man? You know what? I I don't know. Is that the movie? Yeah, with Robin Williams. Oh, man, I haven't seen that in a really long time. I'm pretty sure there's some robot boning in that. In really? That movie. Well, I don't want to spoil. I like think he here. gets like he gets like real skin or something, and then he's like, I want a bone. I wow. Okay. Um. I I, <laughs> I don't know. Terrible if, review of that movie. <laughs> I uh, that's, the, 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 the director of that movie is rolling over and being like, what? That's what you think that movie is about? Um, <laughs> it's definitely about more than that, but I'm pretty sure there's some robot boning. Nice. Uh, well, I will say I'll give this spoiler. Uh, the robot whose name is Finn, the android whose name is Finn, um, is anatomically anatomically correct. So um, oh. I enjoyed this book. I thought it Why? was fantastic. Um why, why do you need to make, like, if, it, if it's a teacher robot, why do you need to... He's not a teacher robot. He's a one-of-a-kind robot, and it explains all of this later. Okay. Uh, this is not... You don't find this out for a while, but there is a whole population of, you know, nanny robots and things like that. But this is kind of after a time in which they're used a lot, and then they start to come back into fashion. So um, it's it's great. It's really good. If you enjoyed, like, Clara and the Sun, um, this one is, like... It has that same sort of feel, um, but I think is, uh, I don't know, it has a whole different uh, level to it, which I really enjoyed. Because that would be my first fucking question, is I'd be like, why does this robot have a dick? <laughs> yeah, well, it is explained to you, um, so you find out <laughs> later in the book. Um, he, listen, this robot has a lot of things and ha- can have a lot of feelings and also is a robot and can live forever and is also apparently very sexy, so... <laughs> Huh. Very fun. What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am reading a book that is a must read for all the plant people out there. Got a lot of plants. Uh-huh. You got to read plant this book. Hands. I mean, I know a lot of people who are got oh, a lot I of plants. Know. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, it's called This Poison Heart by Kaylin Barron. And uh, it is a, it's a YA fantasy book. And it's about this teenage girl. And she has this like power where she can like hold a seed and make it grow into a plant immediately or, you know, find, take a plant that's dead and bring it back to life. Um, but because of that, like no one knows, but her, but her parents, both of her moms are like very protective of her and, uh, you know, kind of, it affects her life. She, she's like afraid to get close to anyone because, you know, it, like if she's in a park, like a bush will start to, all the flowers will like turn towards her and like mm. plants are very attracted to her and it's very obvious. Mm. Uh, so she's kind of a loner because of that. But then her aunt dies and wills her this estate up in like rural New York. Cause the book uh, starts out in Brooklyn, I think. Um, 
And they, her and her moms uh, go up to this estate and they're like, oh, maybe we should like uproot, no pun intended, and, and move into this new house. Um, but the house is very spooky. It comes with like this very weird specific set of instructions. It has the, like this apothecary there and this like walled garden filled mm. with all these like poison plants um, that she can only open because she and go into because she has this special gift um and then like weird things start happening um people start arriving on their doorstep asking for like tinctures and shit that she the the main character finds out that like she has a gift for making this stuff um and uh soon she starts getting attracting unwanted attention from uh this like very creepy group of poison plant people and it is it's really fun it's like it's it's a great mix of like magic and spooky and again plants like if you're a person who fucking loves plants you should really read this book and the main character is really fun it's just uh it's great i've been in a super book slump for for a few weeks now and this is the first book that that really got me out of that so uh that's this poison heart by kaylin Bayron. and mine's the mad scientist daughter by cassandra rose clark We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Rhonda writes in, I'm a teacher glasser. Thank you, Rhonda. We Mm -hmm. love all the teacher glassers out there. And my nine-year-old niece, who is a voracious reader, told me about something her school does. It's called Dear. Drop everything and read. Mm -hmm. Bria, I think I had that when I I was a kid. It sounds familiar, yeah. It sounds wicked familiar. Uh, Rhonda says, at any point in the week, the principal gets on the loudspeaker and announces for the students to drop everything and read. And it goes exactly how it sounds. This sounds glorious to me. Oh, my God, Bria, I want to do this. Yeah. Can, like someone just call me and be like, drop everything and read. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for this service. I remember in grade school doing SSR, silent sustained reading, every Friday afternoon, which is also something I remember, mm-hmm. with something scheduled to look forward to, but unexpected reading time in the middle of the school day, potentially in the middle of math class. That's a dream, both in school and real life. I teach at a cyber school, so I'd have less control incorporating something like this into my classroom, but maybe it's an idea for brick and mortar teachers. A few years ago, you read my email on the show about my ritual of collecting everything I highlighted or underlined after I finished a book. It's like a little treat for me to relish in all my favorite parts before closing the book and also reminds me of the essence of the book later on. It's been a tedious but enjoyable process to record them all to my computer, especially because I can't write in library books. So I have to take pictures of those sections. I recently discovered the three little lines at the bottom of iPhone photos then that detect text. If you click it, you can copy the text portion of any photo to pay somewhere else game changer for me Hmm. now i can keep my ritual of book quote journaling going about half the time that is a wicked hot book tip uh yeah i know i someone else told me this and i haven't actually had a chance to like try it out but we should try this out to see if we can yeah this is wicked cool we should do a book text segment on this yeah So Carrie writes in and said, I just listened to your episode about staying up all night to finish books. Much like Bria, my tired ass falls dead asleep no matter how much I want to finish the book. (laughs) I was the kid at slumber parties getting my bras frozen. I hear you there, (laughs) Carrie. Yeah, bra frozen club. Um, But I also wanted to comment. a very funny t-shirt. Yeah, the frozen bra club. Um, The toothpaste in your nose club. Uh, But I also wanted to comment on surgeons staying up all night to read. I had a sinus surgery in October and actually developed a really cool reading relationship with my surgeon. I'm a librarian and we have very similar reading tastes, so we spent half of every appointment talking about books. And now we email back and forth suggestions. I think I have too many wheelhouses to list here, uh, but one I recently discovered is games. Video games, scavenger hunts, alternate reality, super secret clandestine games. I love books that features them. I read Tuesday 
I read just read Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts by Kate Reculia and am currently reading Battle of the Linguist Mages by Scott O'Moore, both with games. That is very cute. I like um, surgeons, surgeon, s- surgeon books. <laughs> you and your surgeon having similar book tastes is very funny. That is, I mean, I would trust, if a surgeon was like, I'm a reader, I, I have the same wheelhouse as you, I'd be like, oh, I trust you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I don't know why, but definitely. I trust you more. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Uh, so you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about reading speeds, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Curology. Folks, the season is changing again. Your skin needs new things. We're all wearing masks. Maybe it's dry. Maybe it's getting more humid where you are. I know my skin does not like when the seasons change, and I always have a hard time sort of adjusting to to what I need to slather on there to make it better. And we all know no two breakouts are exactly alike. With Curology, you can target your skin's unique triggers, whether that's the mask that you're wearing every day, whether that's the change of the seasons, whether it's you ate too much chocolate that week, with a custom formula made just for you from proven prescription ingredients. There's no more getting lost in the skincare aisle. I know that you might be like Bria and I, you know, maybe you're looking online or you're in a store and you're looking in the skincare aisle. And by the time you look at everything, you don't even know what kind of skin you have. Do you have combination skin? Do you have dry skin, oily skin? What do you need? You need a serum? You need moisturizer? You need cleanser? There's just so much stuff and it can be really, really overwhelming. And Curology takes all the pain out of finding the right products by sending you a full dermatologist designed routine. You get a cleanser. You get a moisturizer and a custom formula that's made specifically for what you want your skin to look like. Uh, and they have a lip balm, which is awesome. They have body wash, they have moisturizer, they have the cleanser. Uh, it is fantastic. Brie and I have both been using Curology for the past few months. We really like it. I have really sensitive skin and I am always a little nervous to start new things. And I was really pleasantly surprised by the fact that Curology did not bother my skin at all. I did not have that like weird period where you have to like wait a week for your skin to stop being red and and irritated. That didn't happen to me with Curology. Um, I I love the moisturizer. It is absolutely perfect for me. It's not too greasy, but it definitely gives me the moisture that I need being way up here in the mountains where everything is extremely dry. And so if you were interested in getting started today, which you should be, you can get started with Curology right now this second with a free 30-day trial at curology.com slash glasses. So that means you get to try all of this stuff, the cleanser, the moisturizer, the custom formula for free for a month for just $5 shipping and handling. And you get a month's worth of skincare that's made specifically for you. Folks, it doesn't get any better than that. And you can cancel it anytime. Uh, the prescription is subject to consultation, but it's really quick and easy. So you can get started with Curology today Free 30-day trial, curology.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm a psychic. My name is Psychic Carrie. I'm yes. Ross. Oh, what a pleasure to meet you. Of course, I knew your name was Ross, as I am a psychic. But please, take a yeah. seat. Well, I was hoping we, we, hoping could, talk about we could talk about my, my podcast. podcast. Yes, I know. It's called Oh No, Ross and Carrie. Yes. We investigate from uh-huh. science, spirituality, uh-huh. and claims of the paranormal. paranormal. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yes. This whole podcast, it sounds like it's been a real challenge for you lately. Actually, it's a lot of fun. Yes, exactly. Because it's so fun. 
fun. I don't know how you this do it. This will be $75. Okay. That seems fair. Oh, no, Ross and Carrie. At MaximumFun.org. You knew it was a .org. I have a gift. This week, we're talking about reading speeds. Are you a fast reader? Are you a slow reader? Does it really matter? First off, if you're interested in increasing your reading speed, we did a whole episode on it a long time ago. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. But Bria, first off, how fast of a reader are you? I mean, it really depends. I have the same problem as everyone else uh, where, like, I'll get distracted and start doing something else. I'll be like, why am I on Instagram? I was reading a book. Like, I understand this. People write in about getting distracted. I totally understand that. I also often read when I go before I go to bed and I start to get sleepy. And sometimes I'll be like, I have my eyes closed and I'm looking at a book. <laughs> like, I'm definitely like there are times where I'm like, I'm not reading fast. And Kindle will be like, you read. It took you 45 minutes to read one page because I was falling asleep. And Kindle's <laughs> like, you read so slow. They're um, like, are you dead? I literally was like, I literally will be there. I will be like, I'm half in a dream and half reading. Like, I'll be like <laughs> imagining what the page is. It's it happens basically every night. Um, but overall, I think compared to the normal population, I'm probably pretty fast as long as the typeface is big. And we'll get into this in a second about things that can affect your reading speed. But I do find if the font is very small, I have trouble sticking to it and I get distracted more easily and I don't read very quickly. Um, like I need the font to be, it's this is in part because I can't see up, I'm losing my up close vision, but I don't know. It has something to do with like, I think from reading on the Kindle for so many years, if I get a, like a physical book or sometimes I'll be sent PDFs or something and I have to read something and the font is really tiny, even on my Kindle, I can't make it bigger sometimes. Uh, I will find it takes me forever to get through a book like that. Um, what about oh, you? I agree. I, I think I we mean, know the answer I've, to this. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely, I have, there. I actually have two books in my TBR pile right now and I keep picking them up and I'm like, why, this looks so good. Why am I not reading it? And then I open it up and I'm like, ugh, small type. Small type. And I just, uh, I, I feel the same way. I just can't get into it. Um, but yes, I am a wicked fast reader. I think it's probably the only activity I am speedy at. Mm. So I, I can, I'm not fast at any other thing, but man, fast. I can. You talk fast. I do. Well, I guess. But I mean, like, is talking an activity? <laughs> sure. I mean, for some people, it's their whole job. So I, for us, oh, it's our job. What are you talking about? <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But like, I can't like, I don't walk fast. I don't run fast. I like, there's a lot of things I can't do very quickly, but I'm very speedy. Um, but I will say, I think I read a lot of books, not just because I'm, it's not like I'm zipping, just zipping through them. It's because I make a lot of time in my day to read. Mm -hmm. um, and just like font size, there's a million physical factors, mental factors, so many factors that affect reading speed. And I think the thing that we want to say right out of the gate here is the thing that matters more than reading speed is reading comprehension. Slow readers' reading comprehension can be just as high as fast readers, maybe even higher. So slow readers should never feel like they're not as good at reading. Like if you're having fun and enjoying your reading experience and understanding the book, you're fucking fine. Yeah, I mean, reading slowly, and there's actually been studies on this, reading slowly uh, may me, may mean you spend more time taking in every word, savoring every moment, and imagining the world. It may mean that you walk away um, comprehending a lot more than a fast reader. And Mallory, 
I remember you saying about how you had to learn to read comics because yes. you just like fly through them instead of looking at the art and trying to understand the meaning of each panel, um, which is, I think, part of the enjoyment of comics. It's not just a story. It's actually like taking in the art as well. Do you think that's changed for you? Because I think you would have to slow down your reading to understand comics in the way that they're meant to be understood, if that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. But I, I really had to train my brain to do it because, like you said, I might... I would just read all the words and then I'd be like, oh, fuck, I'm missing like most of what's happening on this page. And it would take, like, I would get really frustrated and it took me a long time to train my brain to look at the photo, photo, look at the art and tell my brain, this is also part of the story. This is something that you, that is, that is conveying information to you that you have to look at and appreciate. And it took me a few years. Um, yeah, but yeah. now whenever I, I read comics, um, and I read or graphic novels, which I do pretty frequently, um, I, I've gotten better at it, but it's definitely, it's, it's something that I, I've had to, um, yeah, just slow had it, to train myself to do. Slow it down. Um, I, I, I was just, uh, listening to this book and it was actually one of our self-help books that way I, for, for our show. Um, but, um, I was listening to this book and it was all about basically slowing down and stuff, but there, there was this whole section about, um, that there's this art professor who would assign his students, um, or maybe it was, a, I can't remember if it was a man or a woman, but, um, the art professor would assign their students to, um, go and sit in front of a painting for an hour. That was like one of their assignments. One painting, one hour, couldn't look at your phone. You can't do anything else. You just have to stare at this painting for an hour, like pick one in the museum. So I was in a museum recently and I tried to do this where I was like, I'm just going to sit here and look at this painting because normally I kind of like look at the painting, I'm like, great painting. And then I move on. And like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, Sick painting. looks like they did some work there. looks like there's colors. And I was like, you know what? I did learn a lot more just by sitting there for like 10 minutes, like being like, oh, wow, I didn't notice it. Like this curve matches this curve. And like this paint, this color is different on this paint part of it. Then like, there's so many things that you learn by savoring something rather than speeding through, I guess is what Mm -hmm. my, my argument can be here. Um, you know what the real, the curse of the fast reader is, and this is something I have to do to myself all the time, is that if I'm at an intense part of the book or at to- getting towards the end, I have to cover up the words. Oh, yeah. Because my brain is like, you start is skipping. fucking galloping along and is so desperate to know what happens that I'll just like look down to down the page to see what happens. So I have to fucking cover it up with my hand. Yeah. So I don't read so fast that I, I'm spoiling things for myself. Yeah. I also, I mean, I think we've already, we you said this, but just to reiterate, we're not talking about people who have dyslexia or things like that because I think yeah. that's a whole different episode. It's a whole different fucking episode. Um, but the type of book you read can really affect how much you're reading. Like mm-hmm. if it's a very densely written book and it's hard to get through a sentence... Or the, if the sentences are, like, structured in a complicated way, you know, like, oh that God. is harder I, to read. I have to tell you this. So I uh, have got, I got this book recently to blurb, and it's a nonfiction book, and it's, like, a very dense academic. It's really good, but it's, like, a dense academic history book. And I, like, picked it up the other night to start it, and I looked at Jeremy, and I was like, Jeremy, this is a book that I have to read during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a day book. Yeah. And Jeremy could not stop laughing. I was like, this is not a night book. This is a day book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I find if a book has a particularly tough vocabulary, I spend a lot of time looking up words, especially on the Kindle. I can just press the button and press the word and learn more about it. Or um, if the book has a lot of characters, I'm going to, that's going to slow me down because I'm going to be like, who was that again? And then I have to press it mm-hmm. and like do a little book search. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And some studies show that reading slowly helps you actually do retain more of this information because I think sometimes I'm speeding through and I'm like, 
who the fuck is Lawrence? And like, I can't, like, I don't have to like <laughs> yes, go back. I and do I'm that like, all the time. Who is Lawrence? And, and it basically, if you read slowly, you won't have to go back and see who Lawrence is. And you may actually understand the book a bit better by the end because you remember all these characters that I'm forgetting. I mean, really, the only negative thing about being a slow reader is that the world is not always so accommodating. Mm. Like if you have a book club, you have to make sure that you're giving everyone enough time to read the book. For some people, even a month is not enough time. No, no, There's no... no we, you know, we're very anti-book book guilt and book shame, so there's no reading speed shaming, folks. That's not cool. Um, so we came up with some tips for slow readers. Uh, Bria, do you want to kick us off here? Yeah, I mean, as always, we're going to say dump the book if you're not liking it and get better at dumping books. Like if you are a person, which I feel like people tell me this a lot when they find out I do a book podcast, they're like, I'm a slow reader and I've been trying to get through, you know, House of Leaves through for seven years. And I'm like, <laughs> maybe yeah, you don't what are you like doing? that book. <laughs> you know, like I, if you're not enjoying it, then I think you actually, if you consider yourself a slow reader, you need to think more about um, dumping the book quicker. Because, I mean, obviously uh-huh. this is advice we're going to give everybody, but I just don't think you need to waste your time because it's going gonna, it's gonna to take you more time to read the book. So you probably need to, like, know thyself a, even better, knowing, <laughs> like, ah, this is not a better book I'm actually going to like. Yes, agreed. Uh, what else, Mallory? Oh, uh, well, I think, first off, do not be hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. I get the same thing. People find out that I'm, I'm, uh, I have a book podcast or that I'm an author or wherever, and they're like, oh, I'm a slow reader. First off, we would never shame any, like, if, if you were like, oh, I'm a slow eater, people weren't, wouldn't be like, oh, no, so sad for you. You know, people would be like, oh, wow, that's great. You must be savoring food. Like, wow, mm-hmm. that you must be really uh, appreciating this food and feeling full faster. Like, wow, so jealous. But if people In fact, I think it's say better to eat, slow, eat slowly, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, you know, I, so there's no... There's no shame in being a a slow reader. Don't think of yourself as like as if you are not as good of a reader or you don't you aren't as much of a reader. Uh, And also pressuring like thinking of yourself like, oh, I'm a slow reader and pressuring yourself to read faster and read more books is just going to make you frustrated and not want to read. I'm laughing, by the way, about someone bragging about being a fast eater. Like, I eat so fast, you would not believe. It's like, you know in the cartoons when they take a whole sandwich and just push it in their mouth? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's me. I do that. Like, well, that's weird. I don't even taste anything. I just I just breathe really, really heavily and just inhale everything. Yeah. Uh, but to add what Mallory's saying, yeah. So maybe avoid um, number-based reading goals um, because that might make you feel anxious. It might make you feel stressed. It might make you feel like you're comparing yourself to other readers. And maybe try, if you're looking for some sort of, like, engagement with your reading, try a reading challenge instead or give up goals Uh entirely if you want to adapt. But if you're looking, but a reading challenge could be good because especially one that's limited, you know, one that has like 40 different kinds of books on it, maybe that's not the best thing for you, but a reading challenge could be a fun thing to do. The other thing is take breaks when you're feeling distracted because a lot of times people are reading slowly because they're distracted and they're like, I've read this paragraph five times, you know, and that happens to all of us. If it's a complicated book, if you're thinking about other things, you know, just know you, you're going to read for 20 minutes and then you're going to quit or something. That is oh, absolutely okay if you're going to read in very small amounts. Uh, some people just can't, don't have the attention span to sit there. And if you're reading the same paragraph over and over and over again, you need to put that book down for a second and go take a break because your mind is like not ready to do this. And don't feel bad about that. Agreed. What else, Mallory? Finally, this is something that is just a blanket piece of advice for everybody who listens listens to this show. 
don't compare yourself to other readers, especially the voracious book folks on Instagram. If you're saying they are on Instagram and you're like, wow, this person read 500 books last year and it makes you feel bad about yourself, throw your phone into the lake. Mm -hmm. Everyone's reading life is unique. And as long as you're enjoying yourself, you're fine. You don't need to read a certain number of books a year to be a reader. You don't need to earn your place in the bookish community. You don't need to keep up with reading all the buzzy new releases. Because as we've talked about on the show before, even if you are reading 500 books a year, you're still never going to keep up with all the buzzy new releases. Hundreds of thousands of books come out every year. Mm -hmm. You're just not going to do it. So your reading life is your own. And like we we're saying, you would never brag about being like, you would never like, uh, consider being slow uh, a bad thing in so many other areas of your life. You know, mm -hmm. if you were like, oh, I'm a slow knitter, you know, no one would care. Like, it just doesn't, it's fine. Or it's, like don't, you said, you're, if you're a slow runner, which the important thing is that you're running and that's great. You uh -huh. know, like not, no one would ever be like, you're slow. How are you ever going to be in the Olympics? Like no one, like we're not kidding. We're adults. You don't have to do things fast. <laughs> <laughs> Although, man, I do want to watch the book Olympics, though. The book Olympics? Is it reading? I think it would have to be reading and comprehension. I think that would be the key. But, you know, I was thinking it would be really fun, funny this year for the Max Fun Drive if one of the goals was, like, I had to deadlift, like, 500 books or something. Oh, nice. I like that. How would you do that? I would I would really like the book, something, the book Olympics. But even, but you know what? But the, if, as much as I want them, the book Olympics do not fucking exist. They don't exist. You know. <laughs> do not be hard the more that you are hard on yourself the less you are going to enjoy reading and that's the whole fucking point of all of us reading that really was what it comes down to we there's a lot of great things you get out of being a reader there's a lot of good things that ha that happen to your brain and to the world and all that stuff but overall we all fucking read because it's fun mm -hmm. and because we like to read and that's the thing that matters the most and it doesn't matter if you are a slow reader and you're getting through one book every every year you are still a reader your fun is the thing that matters the most. Do not compare yourself to other people. And if you're a fast reader, it, that that's also great. It's mm -hmm. it, none, none of this stuff really, really matters. Yep. So you can send your thoughts to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Warby Parker. Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses now, which is super cool. Folks, I am literally wearing Warby Parkers right now. I have been a Warby Parker fan for many years. They make getting glasses so, so easy, and their glasses are really cool looking. They start at $95, which is in the glasses world, very inexpensive. And that includes the prescription lenses. You can try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. That's right. I mean, there's there's a lot of apps and stuff out there and like things where you like upload a picture of your face and that is kind of hit or miss. And sometimes when you're looking at glasses, you're like, God, I just wish I could try them on. Well, Warby Parker has solved that for you. They have their home try-on program where you can order five pairs of glasses to try at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy them. It ships free. It includes a prepaid return shipping label. So you go on their website, you pick the five pairs of glasses you think look great. They'll send them to you so you can try them on and then you ship them back. And if you need to renew your prescription, there's the virtual vision test by Warby Parker. It lets you renew it from home 
on your iPhone for just $15. I did that. It was wicked, wicked easy. Download the Warby Parker Virtual Vision Test app to see if you're eligible. It is, again, such an easy thing to do. I know that during the past few years, it's been hard for some of us to just go to the doctor for normal things. And, uh, you know, going to the the eye doctor has been something that's sort of fallen by the wayside because we're all nervous to leave the house. So if you need to renew your prescription, Warby Parker just makes it so easy. And again, Brie and I both wear Warby Parker glasses. I love mine. I actually have several pairs. I have two pairs of glasses, one that's like my fancier pair and one that's more my everyday pair. And they're both really comfortable. They're really great quality. And again, they just look really cool. I love the different styles that they have. It doesn't matter what your sort of personal style is. Warby Parker is going to have some sort of glasses for you. Uh, So if you need glasses, you want glasses, maybe you even need sunglasses or contact lenses, why wait? There's no reason not to go over to warbyparker.com slash glasses and check out the glasses they've got on offer. I know I love looking at glasses and then you find five pairs that you think look cool and they'll send them to you for free and you can try them on. No obligation, super easy. And who doesn't want to look cool in a cool pair of glasses? So go to warbyparker.com slash glasses. Glasses. Manners. Noun. Definition. Rules of etiquette designed not to judge others, but rather to guide ourselves through everyday social situations. Hello, Internet. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. Every week on Schmanners, we take a look at a topic that has to do with society or manners. We talk about the history of it. We take a look at how it applies to everyday life. And we take some of your questions. And sometimes we do a biography about a really cool person that had an impact on how we view etiquette. So join us every Friday and listen to Schmanners on MaximumFun.org or wherever podcasts are found. Manners, Schmanners. Get it? Now let's test out some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by Levi. It's the Alltech Lansing Mini H2O 3 Bluetooth speaker. Wow. Not just a regular Bluetooth speaker. This says that it's a rugged Bluetooth speaker. So this Bluetooth speaker is on the cover of a romance novel. Oh. It's got... It's got ripped abs. I was thinking it's, it's more it like a, sold by a grizzled old man on the side of the road who only sells saddles and beef jerky. It's <laughs> like the beef jerky of Bluetooth speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so what, Bria, what did, what did you think of this Bluetooth speaker? I'm going to say, listen, is it rugged? Yes. And I'll get to that in a moment. Did I like <laughs> it? I would say it's okay. I feel like the sound quality, I have a, I have a speaker that is the, is, was given, kind of given to us by, um, a, a glasser. We reviewed it on the show. Um, but I will say. The round one. The round one. The first one of those broke and it's because it fell and it, and like, the thing about these things is they stick to the side of your um, ba- of your shower. And, like, they're going to fall at some point because, like, I don't know, condensation. I'm not sure why they fall, but they always fall at some point. And I hear, like, a loud bang from the other room. And I'm like, ah, what oh, is yeah, that? And you think and it's, it's a like ghost? A speaker. Um, and I'll say the first one broke, and but I loved it so much I bought a second one. So um, oh, wow. <laughs> I have that one, but then I used this rugged one. I was like, how, how good is this one? And— Listen, is it more rugged? Yes. The first one, obviously, not rugged at all. It broke, (laughs) you know? But I felt like the sound in this one was not great. I felt like it was a little tinny. Like, the sound was a little 
it wasn't as good as my first one. It was loud enough, but the, it felt like it was like going through more. I, I don't know what the word is, but like it felt like it, it just was like not. I didn't like the sound. Um, but if you're a person who's like throwing your speaker across the room every day, I don't know what your <laughs> bathroom habits are like. Then, um, <laughs> then I think you this might be a good speaker for you because the original one obviously breaks, but I just didn't think it sounded as good. Anyway, so I will say I give this like a three out of five pages because I just didn't think the okay. sound, the whole point is the sound, you know? Yeah. But it gets three pages for being very rugged. <laughs> it does feel like this thing you could like run over with a car and it would probably be okay. Yes. Like it's very rugged. I'm, I'm actually, I'm glad you say that because I can never tell uh, sound quality. I don't hear super well. And sometimes I'll be listening to something and Jeremy's like comes in and it like walks into the room and immediately cringes. And he's like, how can you listen to this? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, Mallory, it sounds like it's coming out of a can. Yeah, that's but I can't. This is a very can. I can't tell. It sounds like everything was recorded in a can for sure. Oh, see, I, I absolutely cannot tell. Um, so I liked this. I tested it with audiobooks in the shower and I really liked it. I loved it, I would say. Um, it says everything proof, which is very interesting because it's like, Sandproof, windproof, snowproof, wow. waterproof. Um, I only tested it out in the shower. Mm-hmm. I did not go to a sand dune or a tornado. Oh, um, but <laughs> it can confirm it is waterproof, which is really nice. So if you want to listen to this while you're skiing um, or you're in a sandstorm or something, I can't speak to that, but it's a great waterproof speaker yeah. for listening to audiobooks in the shower or bathtub, maybe in a pool or a hot tub. Um, I will say the thing I really like about it uh, and the reason I'm giving it four out of five pages is that it's very small. Mm. Some Bluetooth speakers, unless they can't, unless they stick to the um, to the side of your shower, they're too big to like really put on the edge of a tub or like that shelf in your shower. This speaker is about the size of an old flip phone. Yeah. It's like it's tiny. smaller than my iPhone. Yeah. Um, and the big drawback for me is that it's only, the char- charge only lasts for two hours. Oh, I didn't realize um, that. Yeah, so you do have to charge it pretty frequently if you're using it a lot. Um, but for me, as a person who does not care about sound quality, I gave it a four out of five pages. Um, I recommend this for shower audiobook people, maybe because, you know, the, the sound quality is not great, not a great music thing. But if you're just looking, listen, if you're, what basic, what I use this for is that if I'm listening to, the, to an audiobook and then I'm like, oh, shit, I have to shower, but I don't want to stop listening to it. And you just like transfer it over yeah, to the shower. Same. Yeah. Uh, perfect for this. Is, this is, I think is perfect. Again, maybe if you're listening to an audiobook out on the Sahara, I like, I, I can't speak to all the other things, but I, I will say very, very rugged. So for me, four out of five pages. Got it. So if you want us to test out some book tech, you can send your ideas to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or check out the wish list we have in the show notes. Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Sarah writes in, thank you so much for reading glasses and the community you created. As a kid, one of my favorite books was A Little Princess, mostly because the main character's name is Sarah. After listening to your podcast, I'm thrilled to know about all the other Glasser Sarahs out there. So for the benefit of the Sarah hive mind, what are your recs for books with really good Sarah main characters with or without an age? (laughs) Wow. All right. Oh, I'm so mad. So, oh, I, you got you picked a book that I should have picked. Uh, Crap. So in trying to jog my memory for about this, I did find a comic called Sarah about a 1942 Soviet sniper named Sarah who fights Nazis. 
What? It's a Garth Ennis comic. I'm going to, you know what? I'm adding it to our wish list right now. If someone wants to send this Sarah Nazi book, to, uh, fighting Nazis, Sarah fighting Nazis book to us. Man, that's like the spirit of reading it glasses. It really is, sounds great. Um, uh, but this was hard to figure out. I mean, I know Mallory and I found the same list on Goodreads um, that someone had made, <laughs> but it was definitely yes. not comprehensive. It was only two pages no. of Sarah characters. And most of the books I was like, I haven't, I don't know about this, any of these um, characters. But um, uh, the one that I had read from this list that I thought might be good to recommend is The Red Tree by Caitlin R. Kiernan. Um, there's a Sarah in there. And she's a pretty great, Sarah. Uh, she's a cool queer, I queer love writer. This book. I can't believe I didn't situation. pick this one. This is one of my favorite horror books of all time. It was on this list. This is the only reason. I actually had a lot of trouble with this. Apparently, I did find um, one of the main characters in in the uh, in Artemis is named Sarah. But is this mm-hmm. is actually hard to find a character name? Like this is a tip, difficult yeah. thing, and I just didn't know if the top of my bat, the top of my bat. I didn't know off the top of my head. And I was like, why don't I know this? And I was like, oh, because my name isn't Sarah. Like, I could tell you every book that has a character named Bria, which is only one that I can think of, that I know of. I've never read a Mallory book. I feel like I have read a Mallory book. And the character, it's um, uh, Sarah Gailey. It's a Sarah Gailey book has a character named Bria. Uh, that was the only... Yes. That was the only time I was like... <gasps> Bria, because there's just not one. And I read a script once that had a character named Bria, and I was so shocked. Which is not, it's not, it is a weird name, but, like, I have a friend named Bria, so it's not that weird. Bria and Mallory are both in the category of names that aren't, like, they're not, like, unusual, but you don't meet a lot of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But what do you, what do you, what do you have? Well, the first thing I thought of, you remember that kid's book, Sarah Plain and Tall? Oh, of course, I wonder how many of our Sarahs have read Sarah Plain and Tall. Oh, yeah. It's like a classic, classic of of the Sarah genre. So I had the weirdest experience when I did this. I swear to God, this really happened. So I was looking online for different Sarah books and I was like, man, I feel like I have a bunch of them in my library. So I literally, as I, I stood up and, and walked over to my, my library and I swear to fucking God, the first book I reached for to check had a main character named Sarah. What? It was so spooky. I'm not joking. It was the spookiest. I just re- like randomly, cause I started picking books off of my shelf and it was the first one I grabbed, um, it was just like the power of Sarah's. Wow. I was just like channeling Sarah. Um, so I, it was the first book I picked up, but I'm going to, it's a book that I love. Um, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, it's The Alienist by Caleb Carr, which mm. is also a show. Um, it's a historical thriller set in 1890s New York City. Um, and it's about this team that was assembled to investigate the serial killer who's targeting children. So extreme content warnings for violence against kids, uh, murder, death. Please read this book um, if you have a hard time reading about that. Or please read the content warnings for this book if you have a hard time reading about that stuff. Um, The really cool thing about it, it's when... um, It's around the time when, like, forensics and profiling were just starting to develop. Oh, yeah. Um, And all that stuff. I mean, they made a movie, a TV show about this, right? Yes, yes. It's got uh, Dakota Fanning Mm -hmm. and the hot guy from um, Inglorious Bastards and uh, somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. So Sarah, the most important part here, Sarah is the police commissioner's secretary and she ends up joining the team and she's one of the three main characters. She's a wicked good character. Top, top notch, Sarah. Um, And so I would recommend that. Mine's The Alienist by Caleb Carr. And I'm going to say The Red Tree by Caitlin R. Kiernan. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember... 
We got cool stuff in our Void Merch store. We love our collaboration with Jordan over at Void Merch. There's a lot of really cool stuff in there. And folks, if you're getting cool stuff from our Void Merch store, please tag us on Instagram. We want to see the t-shirts, the sweatshirts, the mugs, the totes. uh, We've seen um, some people tag us in them so far. We absolutely love it. Uh, We will share it on our page. Bria has done such a good job with our Instagram. It is so fancy now. Check it out. Uh, There's a link in the show notes to our to our uh, our mer- void merch merch. And if you like the show and want to do something for free for us, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you review podcasts. It's really great for us. helps us reach more listeners and advertisers. Very, very good for us. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.